This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We now return to the score's continuing coverage of the NFL Draft with Mike Mulligan, Mark Grody, Tom Thayer, and Jeff Joniak on Chicago's Sports Radio 670, The Score, and Odyssey Station. Yes, indeed, it is a uh, glorious draft day, and the Bears are a couple picks away, and they're going to add a guy that we're going to all get to know and love, and they will do so in just a couple of uh of selections here, guys. And, it, you know, again, I think that when we start talking about um, who they take and, and how they address different positions, we we had a list of five or six positions. It, I'm delighted with the two players they got. I just wish they had four of them. I just yeah. wish they had more. Is that is that being too greedy? Yes, of course. You know, you want more shots <laughs> at the at the at the uh, at the bell, right? You want to ring the bell as many times as possible. Uh Draft day's fun. It's it's a little bit fantasy football for fans, and 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 they 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 love that, and that's why it's so popular. Uh, but yeah, you'd like to have as many bites of the apple, Tommy, as possible. But that's not the case here right now. No, you know you're going to have to look at. You know, when we all look back at last season, what negative stats affects you the most? Is it their lack of ability to get? short yardage uh, situation? Is it the scoring, like Jeff mentioned? Is it not enough pressure on the opponent's quarterback when they need it the most? So I think if you're looking to try to identify the biggest weakness you have on a team, in there, is there a player within those weaknesses that can help you dictate that fate? Is there a a dominating tight end at the point of attack that you know that you can bring in here, a guy that's going to extend that edge for you, especially with the further development of Justin Fields. Is there a guy out there that can be a, a provide immediate pass pressure for you? So I think you got to identify the weakness that affected you most. Yeah, I mean, it's fun to be able to not rule anything out. I mean, I think it, it, it would seem like, like a position like running back would be off – you know, off limits because you have David Montgomery, you bring in Damian Williams, and if Tariq Cohn continues to be a running back, you don't have to worry about that. But who knows? If if they if they identify a guy who is a playmaker who could do damage in the receiving game the way Matt Nagy likes to run an offense, I don't even rule that out. And one of the things that Pace was asked about before the draft even started is is how important is it for you to get at least three starters, the question was asked out of this draft. And I think that you you have two very possibly, and I think for sure Tevin Jenkins, obviously Justin Fields is not going to start game one, but eventually he's a starter. That's a pretty tough trick to pull or to assume you could pull with a fifth-round pick, but that's the goal for sure. Yeah. Well, what, ha- think- what, ha- what, what happens if you went out and identified that next Cordero Patterson? You took the ne- words out of my mouth. Okay. Yes. Yeah. You know, I, I want yeah a, do- a guy that's going to do multiple things. Yeah. 
at that a fifth rounder who does multiple things. He's going to be a killer on every phase of special teams. Tommy, you are exactly right. It's the one heartache I have of not being able to bring him back because that's a guy who puts his hand up in the air, says, hey, I'll do anything you want. I love being between the lines with my fellas, and I love doing what I do, outstanding uh, uh, on coverage, the best kick returner. I think we all agree in the last decade in the NFL and still at the top of the list. And, yeah, you could throw him a bone on offense. I don't think he's a true running back like they wanted to make him, but um, – he does play hard every single snap. He doesn't take a snap off for any reason when he's on the field. So somebody like that that you could get a lot out of, absolutely. To me, that's considered a starter, Tommy, for sure. Yeah, yeah you know, and he's like the type of guy that's not looking for veterans' days off. He's the type of guy that's in uniform every single day, and no matter what's asked of him, he does it. But I think he's a really good influence on some of these younger guys that think, hey, I haven't played special teams in four years of college because I'm the star of my team. That's no longer in existence. you got to be able to be a first-round draft choice like Cordero and then go out there and volunteer to do anything that's asked of you. So, you know, you talk about picking a guy in the fifth or sixth round and a guy that comes in with enthusiasm for um, uh, Chris, uh, the, the spe- Chris Faber, the fe- special team – or. Uh, the special teams coordinator, Tabor. I wanted to say Faber, but I meant Tabor. <laughs> um, and, you know, just those types of things. You That group right now is equally as important because, you know, Tree Cohen, you have to assume that he's going to be your punt returner. Yeah. You know, that's a big void when you're talking about the league-leading kickoff return guy on, for the last couple of years. Now, on top of that, we do have to remember – and you know we don't we don't bring him up. I don't we we not brought him up on this show and talk about the receivers. But they did bring in Marquise Goodwin, who's got yep. returnability as well, uh, a veteran. So he 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 is capable indeed. Uh, and uh, Bears should be on the clock here, right? Pick they his are. They Philadelphia. Are. Yep. So one fifty one. Yep. So here we go. And you know you talk about special. The Bengals took a kicker in round five. Tom, yeah. I don't know how you feel. I, no. I, I know. I know that. So glad the Bears don't have to worry about that, that this year. Cairo Santos is the guy. Period. And I love how he played, but I know that uh, that doesn't tickle your twine, Tom. No, I'm not going to waste a draft choice on on a position <laughs> that's only on the field with such infrequency. To me, if if I, you know. It'd be fun for all of us to guess what they're picking in the fifth round. And to me, I think there is an outside uh, cornerback, even if it's a slot corner. I, th- I think that's the position that they would go here. I think Ryan's already has always been able to pick out players in this spot. Yeah, we are seconds away from finding out who it is. It's getting uh, very exciting. It's been too long a wait, quite frankly. I don't yeah. know that I can uh, sit through 100 players waiting for uh, the Bears to make their next pick. And we won't have to, but they are uh, they're on the clock. They're on the verge. And, uh, you know, feel free to shout it out the minute you get it. Um, you know what's interesting? It is a little bit like Christmas when you just don't really know what's going to be in the box, right? I don't yep. care if it's fifth round or sixth round. If you yeah. love the game and you love this like, this is fun. I, I don't need to know ahead of time, okay, in this round we're going to get this guy and this guy. I want to be surprised a little bit. I want to be or, – or angry, whatever the case may be, because, you know, we've been both over the years. Or, you know, you scratch your head or you're like, wow, I didn't know they were going to go for this guy. So the Eagles just took Kenneth Gainwell, running back from Memphis. I thought he would go higher, very, very talented player there. And, uh, you know, earlier in the draft, in fourth round, it should be noted that Chris Rumpf is the new defensive line coach, and his uh, son was in the draft, and he's a very good pass rusher. 
on the edge, and he's out of Duke, and the Chargers took him at 118 defensive end uh, to join that outfit with uh, Brandon Staley over there in, in L.A. with the Chargers. I think it's a great story when, you're, when your dad's a coach in the National Football League and your son's good enough to be a fourth-round pick at 118. Tom, that's in your area code. What, what number were you? <laughs> I don't know. You don't remember your number, your draft number? No. Oh, no, come was, on. That should stick eight. with you. I was I was already at practice with George Allen in the USFL before I knew what number I was. Pick is in. Come on, let's go. All right, quickly. Uh, Just you got to blurt it out, guys. What Tom position? Thayer was the ninety-first overall pick, by the way. Ninety-first. I mean, that's they high a, praise. They got a bargain. Yeah. Round four, pick ninety-one. Bargain. That's good. No, it isn't. So, real quick, just around the horn. What what position? Quick, Mike, what position? Corner. Mark. D-line. Tom. Safety. I say wide receiver. Let's see who wins. Oh, right. I love it. We See, this is exactly probably what they're thinking. We got you a know? horse race. Yeah. Who's winning the derby today? You know, we had Eddie on yesterday. He loves the one horse. The one horse. Known agenda. Known okay. agenda. But, you know, it, it is interesting, and I thought, you know, possibly they would trade down to uh, amass a few more picks maybe in this round, and um, I don't think that's going to be the case here. But nope. he, he had indicated that that was a possibility. They do have three six-round picks left. So here, here we, we go. Here we go. Let's tackle Larry Borum from Missouri. So they went back to the offensive line. This is up top there's alley and oh, excuse me. I have a bad angle on my TV. Oh. I thought it said defensive tackle. Offensive so, tackle. So Larry Borum is a six, six, five, but he's six, four and seven, eights, three twenty two out of Missouri. Uh, he's out of Detroit, Michigan. His name, his name is pronounced Borum. It's spelled B-O-R-O-M uh, out of Mizzou, a wide body guy, a powerful run blocker. Um, Two-year starter, he basically played right tackle, but he also had two starts at left tack- left guard and one at left tackle in his career at Mizzou. Um, he attended the Missouri camp before his junior season of high school, and that's how he earned a scholarship. Loved basketball, was an AAU basketball star, and he was convinced to try football as a freshman in high school, and here you are. Uh, so we'll see. Powerful in the run game and versatile. That's, that's all I'm looking at right now. I don't have a whole lot of details on Larry Borm. He played eight games last season for Missouri at right tackle. So. Biggs will faint as a <laughs> So, you know, when you think about the last two years and the number of offensive – the last three years, really, regardless of position, how many offensive linemen they've drafted. So this is, again, a, a situation where you're trying to, to build around your, your quarterback, surround them, protect them, and develop them. Fellas, i got to break away for a little bit, so I'm going to leave it in your hands, all right? Did um, did anyone pick uh, Larry Borman or an offensive tackle as we nope. went uh, through the thing here? No, no, we had no. we had wide receiver, we had uh, defensive end, we had corner and safety. Wow, are they going to take a defensive player in the draft? Maybe they just stay with uh, different linemen and different. Uh, what do you think? No, three. I think they. I think. I, I think they need defensive linemen because the, everybody yeah. knows it's a it's a defense that if you don't have, you know, eight quality defensive linemen at the start of the season, you probably have five of them active, sometimes six on game day, uh, depending upon what else, the other talents and the type of team you're facing. I do still think that's a team that 
they they have to bring in depth. I know they signed Mario Edwards Jr. and they have Eddie Goldman coming back, Akeem Hicks, uh, Blau Nichols, and you know. Khalil, his talents are transferable, but, yeah, I, I do think they need some type of interior help on the defensive line. Yeah, I mean, and and back to this specific pick, Larry Borum, again, tackle out of Missouri in the fifth round for the Bears. I mean, obviously, the 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 depth is needed. Jermaine Effetti is back this year. I don't know exactly where they play him. Charles Leno Jr., one more year on his contract, you lose Bobby Massey, and that that was a big loss. I mean, he was a sturdy performer since the day that you signed him and then re-signed him. And I think that, you know, again, going back to last season, you know, there was some criticism that Ryan Pace did not take a an offensive lineman earlier in the draft. They waited till the seventh round to get Arlington Hambright and Latavius Simmons. So I, I feel like this is building something and then having the depth as well where, where you lost guys or had ineffectiveness in terms of the O-line last year. Yeah, and, you know, you've had some a little bit of lack of development. You know, you, you need, you're trying to change guys from defensive linemen to offensive linemen, had an opportunity to start in there a little bit, and it didn't work out and play to the level that um, – was expected, you know, to to develop into Arlington Hambright had an opportunity to play last year. Lachavius Simmons hasn't got on the field yet, so I mean, there there's a lot of guys there in that offensive line room, and um, now when you bring another guy aboard, it's yeah, it'll increase the competition because the younger you get, the cheaper you get, and there may be people out there that need. Um, you know, that maybe I, a couple guys in the Bears veteran offensive line that are, are tradable for and maybe can bring you a little bit of value. I'm looking at the NFL uh, and their uh, prospect info on uh, on Larry uh, Borum, and he is 6'5", 322. Tom, for you, 33 and one-eighth inch arms. So they generally say to play left tackle. Now, he's not a left tackle. You need 34-inch arms. Um, he did play some left tackle. He played uh, right tackle mainly. He's described as a mauler type, a guy that uh, that is uh, broad-waisted and thick-chested, and he's able to match size in a phone booth, creates natural movement as a down blocker, knockdown pop at impact. Said that um, that the problem is he's a little stiff-legged when blocking on the move, and he's got lumbering lateral movement, prohibits him from doing cutoff blocking. You know, Molly, if you didn't put initial before what position he played, I would think that you were describing an offensive guard. You know, where he doesn't have to have extremely creative feet in space, where he can use his power more to the inside, uses uses strength in, in powerful double-team blocks, create movement on the inside. Um, when you give a description heavy feet, that scares me in terms of taking him to the outside edge. But being a, a, a basketball player, obviously he has enough talent to move around in a sports, small space. And when you talk about arm length, it's it's more about ex, the explosion on the inside and your feet, your hands are going to make contact anyways. It's not going to be like you're trying to separate the defender for you to take a wider rush lane for a defensive edge rusher. So, you know, Larry... You know, maybe your future is on the inside. And Juan Castillo likes big offensive linemen. And yep. like you said, 6'5", 322. Um, 
you know, things will change there a little bit too. When you get introduced to an NFL level weight room, plus the diet restrictions or the uh, the way you're allowed to eat at that point, you know, I think they'll get him at the perfect weight that they feel he, he should be at. And this truly is, guys, turning into, we talked about it earlier with Justin Fields. This is the Matt Nagy draft. I mean, it really is. I mean, with with Fields, probably a Nagy guy. Then you give him an offensive lineman and Tevin Jenkins. This is clearly a depth piece. I, I can't see a scenario in which Larry Borum is a starter on the Bears' offensive line. But I think that if Matt Nagy has had a say, it would have been, yes, I need the quarterback that I need. And then you got to give me an offensive line that I can do the things that I have been wanting to do since the day I walked into Hallis Hall in 2018, and he simply hasn't been able to do that. I mean, last year, for, for a while, it was a mess on the offensive line when you had Rashad Coward in there and then... Obviously, Nick Foles comes in. He looks like a rookie because he couldn't work with the offensive line, and then they reconfigured things, and now they're making it better to keep it legitimate. And it's just so important to to Matt Nagy and what he wants to do to give his quarterback the time to do those things, you know, regardless of the criticism that he's taken but through the years. Mark, what do you what do you want to do? Do you want to, you know, last year when uh, Sam Mustafer came in and they changed the configuration and the inside put Mitch in and they had made more of a commitment to running the ball, that's the way the offensive line was developing. If you're going to go back and start calling 73% of the time or 71% of the time you're going to throw the ball, then you're talking about different creativeness from the skills of the offensive line. You're talking about, you know, you know, more ballerina-type feet on the outside because if you throw the ball at such a high rate, that's exactly what the defense is going to play against you. So, you know, with, with Matt back and calling the plays, he has to be willingness to supply this team with, you know, enough runs to keep the defense off balance. I think well, he. I, I, I hope he's learned. I, I think he's learned, Molly, that he's not going to do. He. I. I still think he's going to be pass happy, but maybe not the what he walked into House Hall with in 2018. But he had in his briefcase all those plays. I do think that he will have modified those to run more. But I still think Molly, he's going to want to pass. Like he still wants to run his offense to a large degree. Absolutely, and I, I think Larry Borum, I don't know him well enough. Tevin Jenkins, I've seen play, and I've, I've watched uh, scouting tape on him. Um, th- your first pick, if someone had told me their first pick in the draft would be a quarterback, uh, but not a guy they plan on starting right away, and their next two picks were offensive linemen, I would think that they were trying to get their quarterback of the future and then make sure that they can have success with Andy Dalton, right? I think that that they're they're accomplishing two things here. I'm just saying if you gave me the positions, my thought process would be, okay, so they're getting cover and they're worrying about the future and I, I love that pick. And then they're then they're building and making sure that they can protect the guy that that this season is going to be upon. Yeah, but they you know they have to have a complimentary system for Andy Dalton as well. Again, you gotta yep. create uh Right. uncertainty by the opponent you're facing and you know if, if you're become one-dimensional with more of a stationary target back there you're increasing the difficulty for your offensive line and a right, uh, tweet be... from larry borum really quick mike uh larry borum a very simple tweet and he says what's the word chicago several <laughs> followed by several exclamation points so larry appears to be excited
I don't know if you guys saw yesterday, Hashtag. too, Tevin Jenkins Hashtag. asked where the best pizza place is in Chicago. Oh, boy. No, that's not good. That's not in keeping with Tom, what Tom's telling us about the training table. Hashtag blessed, guys. That's the only tweet. We will, uh, we'll be back to pick this one apart next. It's, uh, it's our draft day special here on The Score. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or... I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend, or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. He's a big offensive tackle, Rich. is you know, 6'5", 320 pounds, is a right tackle. He's got a real just wide, thick frame. Um, I thought more of kind of an absorb guy. In other words, when you're watching a tackle, is he getting on people? Is he, is he taking action to them? He's more of kind of a catch and absorb. Um, but somebody I think does have kind of a starting potential. He's not there, but he's got potential down the line. It is indeed the draft day special on the score, and that is the NFL Network talking about the newest bear. He is Larry Borum, the fifth-round pick out of Mizzou, originally from uh, Detroit, Michigan. Went to the same high school as B.J. Armstrong, Brother Rice High School in uh, in uh, Michigan. And, um, you know, Jeff, I know you're back, and we want to get your take on this. I was telling these guys, if someone had told me before the draft started that the Bears were going to get a quarterback and then two offensive tackles, that, that would be uh, interesting information to sort of think about um, without knowing uh, the way this has fallen here. Well, you know, look at the bigger picture now. They've, they've brought in since 2019 of the undrafted uh, Sam Mustaver, the presumed starter, uh, competing yep. for the starting job at center and did a nice job last season. And Alex Bars uh, from Notre Dame that we've find great value in as well in a versatile way but that's now eight offensive linemen in the last uh, three years that they brought in and um Mustafer is the only one that's starting out of that group at the moment that's penciled in as a starter i would think uh, unless they decide to uh to change things up we we don't know what their offseason plan is after all, all their offensive meetings and how they broke things down but so they are they, they are doing what you know, if you're pure football, they are doing what you're supposed to do, right? You're supposed to build up the line of scrimmage. Uh, they're doing it at least on the offensive side of the ball with a lot of different big bodies. Um, this is definitely a, a tackle guard type player, big and thick, with uh, some good athleticism to him. 
and uh, the versatility of starts is always going to be a draw for a guy that's not ready to start just yet. Well, you know, one of the things that when we came back and they had the NFL evaluation, I don't want to hear he's an absorber, he's a catcher. That's the least uh, quality that I want to see in any offensive lineman. I want to see them anticipating the snap count and using that 325-pound frame in an explosive manner. Now, maybe if you take a guy that maybe he's a little bit more of an absorber because he's on the on the outside and he doesn't have the great feet you need to maybe if that talent can transfer to the inside and he can take what a power he's assumed to have and use it on the inside while he's he's working with tackles and and center so it's going to be interesting to see or or Juan Castillo once he gets a look at this guy and he's up on his feet I think you can really make a better determination of where his initial qualities influence you it's also uh, going to be a heck of competition for some of these young guys because, you know, we, we kind of got a glimpse of what Lachavius Simmons and Arlington Hambright, uh, what their mindsets are like. They, they want to be starting p- football players. They, they clearly love the game. They are uh, guys that they brought in with seventh-round tags on them, so they, they have a chip on their shoulder about where they got to go, and they need to be seasoned and, and, and groomed. Uh, but those guys are, are big dudes. They, they If anything uh, – the, the size of these guys up front and inside, these are bigger players. Um, same with uh, Badera Teror. I mean, I know these guys are practice squad guys. They, they didn't get a lot of action, but these are guys that are, are coming into the building as, as bigger type guys. So it, it is an interesting uh, adjustment a, a little bit here. And then, you know, how, how do you feel? How do you guys feel? Your best five offensive linemen to start day one would be, and the arrangement that it's going to be. That, that's not, you know, we forget they brought in a guy with some experience. Obviously, uh, Elijah Wilkinson is, is somebody that uh, you throw in the mix there as a potential backup or swing person uh, for, a, for a game day backup as well. Well, yeah, I, I think. Met- Go ahead, Mark. I was just going to say, real quick, I, the the reaction on Twitter from some of the Bears players, at least one in particular, and I'm sure there's a lot of player, offensive players inside that, that Bears locker room that are loving what is going on right now in this seemingly Matt Nagy draft with the three offensive players. But Tariq Cohen, just one word on Twitter, hog, with an S in parentheses, and I, I am assuming that's a nod to the Washington football team and the old hogs and the offensive line. So the, apparently he, they are, they are digging what is going on. Mark. He may just be that, barbecuing. That could be know. too. That I was just going to say that Molly, he could be barbecuing. Here's something from pro football focus, Tommy too. Uh, a game against Alabama last year. Cause this is an sec program now with, with Mizzou. So 44 pass blocking snaps, no sacks, no hits, no hurries allowed against Alabama last season. Yeah, I mean, hey, it's it's uh, that is a great promotion to play out there. But you know, all that kind of stuff is in your rearview mirror. It's now about what are you going to do going forward, and where do you best fit, and can you bring that confidence with you from that game to every single day in practice at an NFL level, and that will determine your fate. So um, I will be interested to hear of it and. Tell Tariq Cohen to introduce himself to the Black and Blues brothers. If he wants to promote an offensive line to promote the best in the history instead of going back to the Redskins. 
I could yeah. loan him my poster. I mean, yeah, I've got I think the poster. I, I think you're gonna republish the poster, put it in his locker, yeah. Molly. I got a, hey, I got a bunch of them in my mom and dad's basement here. I'll bring them one on Monday. <laughs> I can use a I, fresh one myself. Fifty-seven. I think I think you shouldn't be offended. I think hog is just the three letters. It might just have been a quicker tweet to get out, Tom. <laughs> It's, uh, it's, it's nothing against you guys. I'm going to defend my just, guy. Hey, just B and B S. That's all you need to say. <laughs> all right. So listen, let's talk about this for a second. You came into this draft thinking they were going to get players that would play immediately. I'm personally going to be a little disappointed if Tevin Jenkins can't get on the field quickly because I understand, and Jeff, you said it well earlier, you're, it, the idea with uh, Justin Fields is to kind of – is to, to show restraint and understand that you did bring in another guy. We talked about the idea maybe you get the most out of him. Uh, I think everybody wants Justin Fields. I think it's always going to be difficult when you talk about a, a first-round pick and a trade-up guy and a, and a quarterback not to want him on the field. But I think they're going to try to restrain themselves. But I would hate to think that their first three picks in the draft won't uh, include somebody that can get on the field that we can see. And as we well know, offensive line is sort of team within a team. It's about the choreography of the five players. And it takes longer to get on the field sometimes. I, I hope Tevin Jenkins can do it. Well, uh, I guess uh, we're going to find out. But, uh, you know, I thought the end of last season, um, you know, uh, the veteran played pretty well. Uh, Jermaine Effetti played pretty well at a right tackle. So I think it, it'll, it'll be interesting to see what, again, what do they want to do offensively? Because I don't know. I don't know exactly what the tweak will be. What do they want to do? How do they want to run this offense? And what, what kind of guys up front do they want to have? Well, you, you know, the, 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 I tell you what, it is a great developing story about the Bears' offensive line. because So Tevin Jenkins is a starter. Who do you want playing next to him? Now, you're bringing back James Daniels. You have Jermaine Effetti. You have Alex Spars. You have Cody Whitehair. That's adjustable in case... James Daniels feels more confident out of a left-handed stance than a right-handed stance. And before he got hurt, Jeff, you brought up that description that he was out there looking for work. So you're you're asking James. You talk Daniels. about James Daniels. Yes. Yeah. And what yes. what I I mean by that was I I I personally it's in an my endearing opinion, trade. Yeah. I, but I I personally felt that he changed last season in a, in a very positive way he was looking for work a, after the you know the plays out of his zone he's looking to hit somebody but all the way through the whistle and beyond at the end of the season Cody Whitehair was voted one of the most efficient left guards in the league James Daniel was approaching that level before he got injured Sam Mustafer came in and really solidified the offensive line on the inside and is a really good helper and organizes the weight room, I, I, the offensive line very well. I, I just think the decision is how you're going to break the huddle on the first nine on seven period is going to just going to be unbelievable. I think there's, it's going to be as much of a story as, you know, other positions that you're going to look at because you're going to have veterans that are going to fall out of place because of well, the, some of the new talent. Let me ask you this, and uh, Mike and, and Mark, we've covered enough training camps over our lifetimes to know what happens. So, Tom, you're at home right now. You get you get word from Jay, hey, God, they, they, they brought two, two guys in this year. They brought in three or four guys last year, undrafted guys. I'm Jay. I mean, I was, I was, 
I was undrafted, man. I mean, I know what kind of hunger they – what are you guys thinking and talking about? What's in your head right now when you see the depth chart and you've got a lot of, a lot of big guys on this roster now and it's starting to deepen a little bit in terms of where they've been brought in, how much seasoning they've had. If you brought in as an undrafted a couple of years ago, look what Mustafer did. What, what are you going through as a, as a veteran? And then i got to walk away again. You guys continue on. Hey, if I have the mentality that I'm a starter and I always prided myself on that, then I'm not going to accept that uh, I'm going to let someone put in place in me, i.e. Jermaine Effetti, or, you know, I don't lose my job because of injuries, i.e. James Daniels. So, uh, like I said, to determine how they're going to line up this first offensive line, it's going to take a lot of um, – convincing it's going to take a lot of effort by Juan Castillo and Matt Nagy and the rest of the crew to say okay this is where we feel the competition is going to start and if I'm a veteran and I'm I'm in my position that I'm going to be looking behind me to make sure I can hold those guys off but if I'm a young guy that's trying to earn my starting position you know you got to have the mentality of hey don't get injured don't skip a practice don't take a veteran day off because once I get your reps I'm going to take your job. So late last night when Bears GM Ryan Pace was was doing his his Zoom with all of us, when I say all of us, the Bears reporters, he was as ambiguous as possible about which side Tevin Jenkins would play on. I mean, obviously he is most comfortable at right tackle, but he made a point of saying that he can play either side and he is not going to tell us right now which side he would play. So... You bring Jeff mentioned the name Elijah Wilkinson, whom the the Bears brought in. He played. He's right tackle. Seven games yep. for Denver last year at the at the right tackle yep. spot. Are we looking at a situation where it's possible that you could see Tevin Jenkins at left tackle and your right tackle is Elijah Wilkinson? In other words, is Charles Leno Jr. safe as the starting left tackle of the Chicago Bears this season? I think everything's on the table at this point in terms of configuration. Right now he is, but, you know, in the case of Tevin Jenkins and left tackle, Mark, you can either play or you can't. And a lot of that video evidence comes from what you see on tape if you have very much work of, of what you've been able to evaluate from college, whether it's one-on-ones or, or even game work. So you can't take a right tackle and turning him into a left tackle if he doesn't have the traits, if he doesn't have the balance, because mentally you can teach him the position, Physically, he may not have the capability of playing the position. And that's why left tackles are, you know, it creates a dream scenario for you. When you look at these guys that spend 10 years with their team at the left tackle position, you already know in mind how you construct your your offense. So if your best side of your offensive line is the right side, you almost have to turn that offense around and understand you're going to construct your power from the right side and have – multiple bodies or protection from your left side um you know i i gotta tell you i think mark you're on to something you know that that's one of the things that goes through your head if they've taken another tackle does that mean they think he can start on the right side and that uh the guy they took earlier can start on the left side i think tom when i think about sam mustafer that is another one that is fascinating to me because when i look at this offensive line sam mustafer is it might be the best center that we've seen, but James Daniels can play center, and certainly Cody Whitehair has played center as well. So how are we lining up this team in terms of, you know, Juan Castillo's kind of 
like of the big guys, does that mean that one of the guards now becomes the center and you got a backup center and now you have another uh, tackle moving to guard in order to get a bigger, more kind of a, a, a line of scrimmage damaging group? And does that mean that instead of running, you're kind of – they ran a, a jet sweep to a tight end. Jet sweep to a tight end. Are they going to run up the middle of the field now? Are they going to are they going to try to punch the ball in from short yardage? If you if you have these giants that you're moving together, so I think I think you're right. I think this is going to be fascinating to see how they get to their five best players. Yeah, you know, I think if you want the most, if you want to put the offensive lineman in the most powerful, confident position they can be in, that means Cody's going to be at guard and James Daniels is going to be at guard. Okay. I don't think what I've seen out of James Daniel at the center position, especially going back to that London game when they were on goal line, you know, he was getting pushed backwards. He wasn't advancing the ball forward. But what I seen him, the power he's displayed at offensive guard, I can see it in him. I can see his athleticism, and I can see his bendability and his leverage. So, to me, Sam Mustafer is he's the guy. He's the guy that's going to hold down the middle. He's a very quality, complementary player. When you have those interior double teams and stuff, he's very efficient of helping the guard, making sure they get that defensive tackle stopped before he goes to the second level. And it's kind of funny, when I went and I started playing and I went to start my first game with Jay as the center, Jay looked at me and with all seriousness, he said, look, you do my job first and then you do your own. And it is it is a serious because you do have to be helpful at the point of attack where you completely move a body out of position until you go out and finish the rest of your responsibility. So, you know, Cody and James, to me, they just – display the most power on the inside and Sam Mustafer is that great cog in the middle that gets everybody working efficiently and in the right direction on pass responsibilities. Yeah, it was like by the end of the season they had finally figured it out like they had put everybody in positions in which to succeed, which is obviously the name of the game in in coaching and Daniels with the pectoral injury, he looked like he was just about to blast off, but Tom you're talking about, you know, the Tevin Jenkins and the possibility of being the left tackle. And you said either you have it or you don't. And I know this this question is impossible to answer, you know, note for note at this point. But do you think that that it is realistic for Jenkins, knowing what we know, knowing the traits, knowing that he's played some left tackle? Is that even realistic for him from day one to start at left tackle? Or is that too tall of an order or unrealistic thing. No, it, to me, Mark, if he can play left tackle, man, I'm investing him at that left tackle position and I'm not going to move him. If I believe he looks balanced in his stance, like I said, he, he, he's got powerful pitter pat feet and he's able to move in, in easily as right and left as when his, when I was watching him a lot at the right tackle position. So if I go out there and I take him through rookie mini camp and I say, Hey, let me see your stance. Uh, and then he shows me how easily he gets in his stance and how comfortable he feels because it is a switch of your body depending upon if you're right-handed or left-handed. You know, Jimbo Covert was a guy that was built for left tackle. He was not going to play right tackle. Boom, left tackle, and that's where you're going to keep him, just like Horn. Keith Van Horn was going to go to right tackle, and he was going to use his framework and his athleticism to play that position. To me, it's about instant evaluation. You could probably put Jenkins out there, 
and give them five pass sets against a good rusher. You give him five run plays and to see how he maneuvers his body. And I think that he'd be able to tell you right there if he has the initial traits that you believe are coachable. Well, I got to tell you, if he's not playing left tackle, if he can't play left tackle, then why are you taking another right tackle after you took him? It doesn't make a ton of sense to me, given, you know, we talked about the positions of need for this team. If you're just indulging yourself by taking another right tackle here, then you're not thinking about what you need to line it up and win in this particular season. Yeah, it's a pretty heavy-duty assumption, though, Mully. When you're talking about a guy, if you don't have a considerable amount of video evidence from him in his past that he can get out there and display pass-blocking pass blocking ability when you're extremely fatigued in a two-minute drill, like those types of instances where the defense really has the advantage. If I'm seeing in those defensive advantage positions, and, man, he's getting out in front, he's stabbing that defensive end, he's able to maintain that good arc and, and, and run the guy all the way outside the framework of the tackle, then, man, I know it's developable. Uh, developable. If you go in there and you're assuming he can do all those traits because you like him playing to the whistle at right tackle or, you know, having this nasty disposition or the post-draft interview that, you know, he's going to drive everybody into the ground. That's You, you have to be aware that he has those, those traits that you see him going forward with. It's a huge ask yes. to have a guy play left tackle as a rookie. I mean, it's just, it's just a huge ask, given that's where the top pass rushers are, etc. It's a big ask to have him play uh, right tackle, but you want him in the most comfortable position he can be in at, when he's first learning how to get on the field. Yeah, you know, the thing about it is, is do you envision this being a right-handed offense once Justin Fields takes over? If you do think that you can construct an offense that it's right-handed heavy, then maybe you can get away with all the endearing traits that you saw on tape and that uh, that are, you know, uh, teachable and just turn them into that uh, a better football player at that point. And offenses have done that. We'll have to see what they think of Justin Fields going forward. Just looking on uh, Twitter right now, unfortunately, you know, we're not able to be on the, the Zoom call with the, the Bears' fifth-round pick, Larry Borum. Um, and here is here is one of the things that he is saying. The new Bears offensive tackle, Larry Borum, said he is he's seen the scouring reports about him playing guard in the NFL, but he says, quote, I still like playing tackle. I still feel like I can dominate at the tackle position. So I don't know if that will be the case, but I guess for lack of a better way of putting it, I like the attitude and I like some of the the nasty that some of these offense, and I know that's almost like cliche at this point, Tom, like to to say that, but you've always said, yeah, you got to have some of that. You got to have that, that intelligence and that nasty to be an offensive lineman. I like his moxie. I like the commitment to being an offensive tackle because you probably make more money at an offensive tackle than you (laughs) do at a guard. Just like the guy that got himself traded from the Ravens to Kansas City, that Brown, Brown, I don't want to play right tackle. I want to play left tackle. And that, that also means more money. So, you know, you can make a claim, Mark, but you got to be, you know, the proof is in the pudding. It's about what you can do once you get in a stance. And, you know, Quinn, uh, Khalil is sitting across from you. Yeah, you know, listen, they have kind of neglected this position for a long time, and they need to get to it. So I I have no problem 
with them deciding to go uh, with with tackles. I'm just, I, I again, I go back to to what um, how I would have felt before this draft if you had told me that by the fifth round they'd be they'd have three picks and and you know one of them was maybe going to get a chance to see the field as a rookie. I I just think they have a lot of needs and I'm I'm listen I I love the Justin Fields pick. I love Tevin Jenkins. I don't know enough about Larry Borum to to uh, to be able to, to to figure this out, but it's fascinating to me that they're all offensive players, that two of them are offensive linemen, and obviously the quarterback is more for the future. Although, I mean, I'm believe me, I'm delighted about that. It's a Matt Jeff? Nagy draft, Jeff. Yeah, back with you. A uh, <laughs> couple, couple little more nuggets about Larry Borum. Uh, he, at one point, he was playing that Missouri wanted their guys big, so he was up 350. I don't know if you guys talked about that. Wow. Tom's shaking his head, but he was still effective player at that weight. Now he's down to 322, and, you know, that's that's the range that they'll want him in. But uh, because of his basketball background, an AAU player, and that was his first love, he is he is light on his feet from what, uh, what I'm learning, Big Tom. And yep. even at 350, he was playing at that weight. He does have a nasty switch, apparently, and uh, he, he, he plays with that kind of ferocity. And uh, the way I've learned about him is that he's a typical offensive lineman with a grin uh, from the person I was speaking to. So uh, that'll tell you he's, 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 he's Tom Thayer. You know, my, Jeff, he's my Tom jun- Thayer nasty, hopefully. My junior year, Jerry Files came to Notre Dame and he said, son, I want you to get as heavy as you can get and I want you to play left tackle next year. So my junior year, I got up to 317 and I played left tackle. By the wow. time I was drafted, I was a guard center with a, with considerably less weight. So you got to be able to get your body to function at the athleticism that you are gifted with. And um, even though I played it for a year in college, I didn't, you know, I never played a snap of it in the NFL. But, you know, there's different trial and error that you have to go through to figure out what's best for you. Yeah, here's a quote from uh, from Larry Borum, by the way. That's a great name, by the way, now the more I think about it. But he says, I'm a mean, physical, dominant big person that's going to displace people off the line of scrimmage. Well said. He is well coached into into his Zoom call. No doubt about it. Borum. Well, you know, you get a bunch of those guys with that mentality all in the same room, and it does, Tom, does it not? I mean, it spreads through. I mean, you you got to kind of meet that level of intensity uh, from your teammates, uh, you still got to be able to be technique sound and play. You got to be able to play. You got to move guys off the ball and you got to protect your quarterback. But I mean, if you get a bunch of those guys with the same mentality, now that's the accountability aspect of things. That's the standard. And maybe that's the shift right now. I'm not saying that the guys that are currently there don't have that, but maybe these young guys bring that added added touch to the room does does that sound something palatable to you does that is that does that happen well yeah you know i don't want him to be gabe karimi and declare himself as the best offensive tackle in the draft and then you see what happened i like these guys to have this confidence the mentality that they're going to come in here and they're going to play the offensive line position like they've been playing in college because if you look at gundy at at um oklahoma state you know he he's a he's a heck of a a coach that enthusiastically is is out there every single day. Now it's going to be a little bit more self-reliant. You got to take the traits and all the characteristics that you've developed in college and the reason you're being drafted. And when you talk about them in a media media session, 
you got to be able to look at the veterans in front of you and embrace them, but you still have to realize that you're competing against them. And Larry Bourne, by the way, also said he he trained with with Justin Fields in California. He said, quote, he's a hard worker. He's going to do extra. He's going to do a lot more than than everyone else. So they have a little bit of uh, of, a, of a chemistry, if you will, already. Those two guys, they got three picks left, uh, all six round picks. I don't know that we're getting a ton of immediate impact out of this draft. I think that it's a draft that you can feel really good about moving forward with this team. But I, I, what are you expecting, just position wise, out of these three picks? And we'll then we'll let everyone go after that. I'll go defense across the board, every one of them. Jeff? I'm still looking for a receiver. I'm looking for guys who can contribute on special teams immediately, push that group, gunners. Uh, anybody on, on special teams, if they're if they're not going to be able to, to break the starting lineup or be a contributor at some point later in the season. I'm going to stay stubborn with my defensive line pick, even though I was wrong in the fifth round. Yeah, I'm going with three more right tackles. <laughs> By the way, in the Borms basement, uh, it's black and gold for Mizzou. He's known. He's got these things written, big phrases, hand painted. Big Larry, the Quiet Giant, and the game is won in the trenches. Tom, sounds to me it. like he's pure football. All right, hey, this was pure football. A lot of fun, guys. What a joy sharing the afternoon with you. Uh, I'm sure we'll all talk again during the week at some point. Uh, Really a lot of fun. Appreciate all of the contributions from everyone. Appreciate it, Big Mike. Thanks for having us. Mark. Bye, guys. Bye, everybody. All right, that's our draft coverage on the score. Take uh, take care and and stay tuned. We're going to have the Cubs next. It is uh, Chicago Sports Radio 6-7 of the score. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.